Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Today, I'd like to talk a bit about the short-term impact and long-term impact of the coronavirus on the housing and rental markets. Now, pay attention as I'm going to give you some insight and key takeaways on this episode. I'll have more to add in upcoming episodes. So if you haven't already, now is a great time to click that subscribe button so you don't miss out. And keep in mind that this is evolving day by day. And although I am not a fan of the mainstream media, it is my opinion that they are doing more harm than good by adding fuel to the fire of concern to those paying attention to them. Now, the coronavirus pandemic has already caused a decline in the stock market, though that was more out of fear than anything else. However, we can look back to the recent historical events like the swine flu, the SARS epidemic, MERS, and other aggressive flu strains to make reasonable predictions of the impact of this COVID-19, or also known as coronavirus pandemic, on the housing market. We can also use history to predict the impact of unusual responses to this pandemic, such as Italy suspending mortgage and rent payments. Historically speaking, the housing market is relatively stable during market disruptions like a recession. Since 1980, there have been five official recessions in the United States. In all but the 2008 financial crisis, inflation-adjusted home prices only declined an average of 2.7% from the month before the recession began to the final month of the recession. There's a good chance the market will remain hot for some, but cool for others. The coronavirus is leading to fewer homebuyers searching in the marketplace, as well as some listings being delayed. In the latest flash survey, 11% of realtors indicated a reduction in buyer traffic and 7% are reporting lower seller traffic when asked directly about the coronavirus impact on the market. The fear of the coronavirus outbreak is definitely giving pause to some buyers and sellers. But in this low inventory seller's market, even as some potential buyers drop out of the market, there are others who remain eager to get a home under contract while rates are still at historically low levels. Local real estate markets may act as a buffer against potentially larger declines in the financial markets. The recent turbulence in the stock market has already impacted the household wealth of many people to the tune of billions of dollars. And this could reduce the demand for higher-end luxury homes. However, with less buyers for luxury real estate, there could be opportunities for steep price discounts for buyers who choose to remain in the market for high-end properties. The weaker financial markets can affect stability in the real estate markets. However, times like these do provide an opportunity for investors like us with money and the willingness to ignore those short-term fluctuations and the talking heads on mainstream media to come in and scoop up properties that may not appreciate as quickly as when financial markets are running on all cylinders and running strong. The key takeaways here are, number one, smart investors often take advantage of these opportunities while some would-be investors may finally pull that trigger and purchase their first or second investment property. And number two, sometimes you have to take advantage of these market disruptions to see that many investors will pump the brakes on investing out of fear and other illogical emotional reasons, while others see the opportunity of having access to more real estate inventory, possibly better pricing, 
and still historically low interest rates. Before this coronavirus threatened the global economy, the state of the U.S. real estate market was great. And to a large degree, it still is great. The median home price nationwide hit a record high of just over $300,000. This is nearly 7% higher than 2019. The number of home sales was up nearly 10% year over year. And according to Redfin, a real estate brokerage, January 2020 was a reliable predictor of the strength of the housing market for the entire year. Their agents were reporting intense competition among home buyers. Demand was outpacing the supply like never before, and January home prices were up 7% year over year, and home sales were also up 7% as well. As this coronavirus disrupts supply chains, the cost of construction materials like lumber, aluminum, or steel may increase over the short run or become limited, which will increase the cost of construction and potentially reduce the speed of new residential development below its already dull and slow pace. And this just leads to less supply. Assuming demand doesn't change, this will also just float the real estate market or the local real estate markets where it's at, if not push prices higher. Now, the Federal Reserve recently issued an emergency 50 basis point cut to their target interest rates. And history suggests that this may be open to future reductions. I mean, this has happened many times before. It's usually not a one-shot deal. So this should help to reduce the cost of borrowing and make housing more affordable over the short term, which should help to offset some of the negative impacts on housing demand associated with rising uncertainty. The fall in interest rates may induce some potential buyers to take advantage of the better conditions in affordability. However, looking at the larger picture of the economy, it is too early to ascertain whether lower interest rates can overcome the current economic and health concerns. Now let's talk about Trump and his declared state of emergency due to the coronavirus. On March 13, 2020, President Trump evoked the National Emergency Act and Stafford Act to declare a national emergency. This effectively allows him to quickly get $50 billion to help fight the coronavirus epidemic in the United States. Essentially, it was just a $50 billion cash pump into the economy to put towards programs and assistance for those that need it. So this declaration came on the heels of halting travel to Europe and weeks after Trump limited travel to Asia. The short-term impact of the emergency declaration is that it will pump some money into a slowing economy. For example, larger businesses have agreed to pay sick leave to those who are in quarantine. And so this will help them to receive income to pay their bills, and it doesn't require them to wait weeks to qualify for unemployment. However, the rule doesn't apply to firms with fewer than 50 employees or people. So this plus the economic slowdown could cause many small businesses to suffer or close, whether due to decreased income or people not being able to continue work for them. The news that de facto economic stimulus was on the way led to the stock market soaring, as we saw here earlier this week and last week. A lot of what is dubbed the corona crash is hysterical sell-off, not a reasonable response to something like Apple's losses because they can't get parts for their assembly line. Now, look at Italy. Italy suspended both rent and mortgage payments. There are already people in the United States calling for a pause on rent and mortgage payments, and some of them are citing Trump's example of pausing interest payments on student loans as a reason to go even further and put a pause on rent and mortgage payments. I doubt that will happen, but we will see. But what happens if mortgage and rent payments are put on hold for a few months? Banks and institutional investors may suffer a cash crunch similar to the one seen during the Obama administration. And the solution used at the time may be called upon again. 
Another bailout for the banks and large investment houses, but no bailout for Main Street property investors. Will that happen? I highly doubt it. It's too early to tell anyway, and most mortgage loans today have been placed with well-qualified borrowers, the average credit score being 720 or more. The key takeaway from that is that you don't want to wait for a housing market correction like we had in 2008. I don't think it's in the cards, and it's probably not going to happen in most local markets around the country. The coastal expensive markets are already seeing a correction, and I believe that will continue in the short term for sure. So let's talk about the short-term impact of the coronavirus on the rental market. If you own a short-term vacation rental, the odds are that your rental income is going to fall. Large events around the country are being canceled. This ranges from sporting events to concerts. People are already increasingly stuck at home, and few are willing to travel for anything. And this is going to empty out the hotels and short-term rentals like Airbnb. I think we can expect many of those short-term rental properties that investors have to see a drop in revenue, at least for the next few months, because it will take that long for the tourism industry to recover. People who scheduled cruises often planned those six months ago, while those who had to cancel recently at the last minute may not even get their money back. And the latter group may not be able to afford to plan another vacation if they lose their deposits or their investment in those um, vacations that they just planned. It's terrible when you have to cancel a well-planned vacation due to those unforeseen circumstances, but that's just where we find ourselves today. So with the potential for summer vacation plans being canceled, owners of Airbnb and other short-term rental properties face additional cancellations and a lot of uncertainty in the short term. Much of the income derived to pay off debt on those investment properties come in mostly during the summer months. And if properties remain vacant, their mortgage payments could be affected. And this is why I wasn't a really big fan of, of short-term rentals like Airbnb. But that has always been one of my biggest concerns. If you own a traditional rental property occupied by long-term tenants, your property's value remains stable and the rental income will continue to come in. For long-term rental property owners, many jurisdictions are banning no-fault evictions or even all evictions during this quote-unquote crisis. And that means that you may not be able to evict someone who, has, who hasn't been paying their rent for who knows how many months. It really just depends on where you're located. In some areas, late fees and penalties for late payment of rent are also being put on hold. Now you risk having employed but non-paying tenants take advantage of the situation. Just a few days ago in New York, lawmakers moved to ban evictions during the coronavirus outbreak. And the lawmakers have introduced legislation to enact a moratorium on evictions and foreclosures during the coronavirus epidemic throughout New York. The bureaucrats in San Jose, California are also enacting a moratorium of at least 30 days for those who can clearly document their inability to pay rent due to a coronavirus-related loss of income. So San Jose will eventually um, you know, evaluate extending the eviction moratorium uh, in a month or so after it goes into effect. But this has shocked a lot of rental property owners who are worried that they would be mandated to shoulder the entire financial burden of a tenant that will not pay the rent because of the impact of this pandemic. The officials of San Francisco are also considering a similar moratorium on the evictions of renters, as well as new measures to the city's small business and low-wage earners. Now, police in Miami, Florida, announced on Thursday that officers will not assist with evictions 
with any kind of uh, eviction proceeding during the emergency declared by their mayor, Carlos, and I can't pronounce his last name, Gimenez. I'm not sure. The eviction means, or this action, means that their officers won't assist rental property owners in removing tenants or serving court papers. So all evictions have been frozen until further notice by the local government. Not only that, but on Friday, the Miami-Dade County's Water and Sewer Department also notified county commissioners it had halted both service cutoffs for unpaid water bills and was suspending late fees during the coronavirus emergency. So this is going right across the board. In the short term, this quarantine means far fewer property showings. People can still shop online listings, but they are unlikely to show up, much less sign the purchase agreements or new leases. However, that activity will pick up once the quarantine fears dissipate. Another concern is the construction industry. Demand for housing remains strong, but people choosing to stay home out of fear of infection could deprive the housing market of desperately needed labor. It is unclear if disruptions in trade are going to cause material shortages. This could exasperate the housing shortage that has affected many housing markets across the country since inventory levels had fallen by more than 15% nationally. The key takeaway here is that vacancy rates aren't going to change much because very few people are going to be moving in the short term. But this is good news for current and future real estate investors. Demand for housing will continue to increase due to a slowdown in new construction and new housing formations. Now, the long-term impact of the coronavirus on the housing market. The short-term impact of the coronavirus is that home sales may be reduced by around 10%. 11% of realtors are already seeing a reduction in buyer traffic, and another 7% are reporting lower seller traffic, according to that recent newsflash um, survey conducted by the National Association of Realtors. But what is the likely long-term effect of the coronavirus on the real estate market. The coronavirus has sparked fear that the housing market could face a long-term impact that has caused uncertainty among homebuyers, and this will depend on the severity of any associated economic downturn. A long-term economic problem could be dangerous for housing if a larger statistically significant number of people lose their jobs and income. If the economy goes into a recession, Rents in general may stop rising as fast as they have over the last five to eight years, and home prices may remain flat or creep up slower than they have since 2012. There are those who were afraid the U.S. was poised for a real estate correction since home prices in some markets are as high as they were before the 2008 housing crash. And in overheated markets like San Francisco and New York City, they were already starting to decline, and now they are fearing a much larger correction. In New York City, it appears that prospective buyers are separating into two camps, those who are steering clear of the market, fearing contagion at showings, and people who are seizing the opportunity to nab properties while mortgage interest rates are near historic lows. The conclusion of this and the overall impact of the coronavirus is the following. It's clear that the coronavirus will have an impact on the economy and the housing market this year, 2020. But it is also clear that this is not a time to panic. According to the California Association of Realtors, the eventual rebound from this coronavirus pandemic will take longer than it did with SARS in 2000. 
the effect of lower rates may offset some of the declines in the housing market, and California would still achieve a modest improvement in both home sales and prices in the upcoming months. The predictions of economic growth by the California Association of Realtors and others have been revised down, but only by tens of a basis point, a very, very small amount. It's too early to predict what will happen. We already know the outbreak in China has caused shortages and delays in the supply of consumer goods and reductions in global travel. The coronavirus has already affected the stock market, travel, and the real estate sector. Whether it will permanently cause a change in how we do business is yet to be seen. The economic impact of the pandemic is greater than that of SARS and other Asian flu epidemics. Self or government mandated quarantine measures will see significantly lower consumer spending, which will impact the economy. However, there's far more hysteria about this than the H1N1 flu strain that killed an estimated 200,000 people. It will probably trigger a correction in the housing and real estate market that was probably due to happen, particularly in the expensive markets, but it isn't the end of the world or the economy. My personal opinion is that the media will try to pump as much fear and breaking news as they can over the next two to four weeks as that makes for good television, strong viewership, and high ratings, which will, in turn, sell more advertising on their networks. Market fears will begin to subside after that as a sense of normalcy works its way back into the economy and equity markets. The key takeaways are twofold. Number one, the coronavirus will have a positive impact on the U.S. real estate market if interest rates remain low and the return to normalcy is only a few months away. And residential real estate is likely to fare better than in the commercial real estate sectors. So I've always been a fan of residential real estate, and I feel just as strong about it today as I have before. Demand for housing is there. It's strong. We are at it a deficit for housing units that are needed and our population continues to grow. Number two, sometimes you have to take advantage of these market disruptions to see that many investors will pump the brakes on their investing out of fear and illogical emotional reasons while others see the opportunity of having access to more real estate inventory. And again, like I said before, possibly better pricing and still historically low interest rates. So hang in there and don't let your investment strategy and goals get derailed by the media hype and emotional hysteria that you see today. Stay focused on opportunities and let the dust settle as it always does. I appreciate you listening. Stay safe. Take care of you and your loved ones. And we will continue covering this as best as we can as we find out more about what is happening with this pandemic and how it may affect the economy and the real estate markets. Again, thanks for listening, and we will see you on our next episode. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. 
nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.